We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me is the president of the German O'Neill Fan Club, ladies and gentlemen. He's back, Michael J. Fachi Fachi. How's it going? Hey, I'm happy to be back. Always hurts to miss one, but Alex, you were actually in the building for one of the main things we're going to talk about today. Tell everybody what we want to discuss and what happened over the weekend. Yeah, so I'm sure you guys are well aware of this, but the Pacers fan GM was this Saturday at 1 o'clock. It was a scrimmage between the white team and the blue team. The white team was the starters, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Bruce Brown, Obi Top, and Miles Turner. Their bench was Jordan Mora, Daniel Tice, Isaiah Wong, and then Andrew Nimhard was also on the white team. But I think a lot of that had to be because of his injury. He did not play in this game. So he probably would have been on the blue team, I, I would assume, if he were healthy. Now, going over to the blue team. We had a different starting lineup here, Fachi, which was a little bit interesting. And I know some people were kind of getting riled up on social media about seeing who the blue team starters were. But we had TJ McConnell at the point guard, Buddy Hill at the two, Ben Shepard got the start of the three, Aaron Neesmith slid down to the four, and Jalen Smith came in for Isaiah Jackson and played the five. So, yeah, that means Jairus Walker was coming off the bench with Isaiah Jackson, Kendall Brown, and Oscar Shibwe. So the blue team's bench did not have a lot of depth. The white team bench had a little bit more depth with Tyson Wara. But the blue team gave him the gave him the business, Fachi. 51 to 44 was the final score. I believe the the white team won the previous day at practice 44 mm-hmm. to 29. So having to be put into the visitors' locker room for losing, the blue team came out ready to play, man. And and they gave it to the white team early on. They really did. And from, from looking at it, when you mentioned it, Buddy healed 18 points. I mean, obviously, Buddy, he's a competitor. He's yeah. going to come out there. He's going to give everything he got. 
Same thing with TJ McConnell. Those are two guys that you know are going to give it everything. And, and they really did. What was your initial thoughts to the blue team taking the win over here? You know, the reserves, whatever you want to call them. You know, maybe not the best sign for, for the starting lineup for the Pacers, but we do know not a real regular season game, even though Carlisle mentioned that he wanted to treat this as more of a game than just kind of like an exhibition. Yeah, so they wanted to treat this as like a fifth preseason game, and it was you felt that. I mean, having the actual jerseys on was really big, I think, because it felt like an authentic game. They did in starting lineups. Coach Carlisle came out there and actually introduced both teams, introduced the starting lineups. Chris Denary was doing the the, the PA for the game as well. So it, it did feel like a real thing, and then it was interesting because you see Buddy Hill go out there, and he is just – you know, it was the veterans, TJ and Buddy. They had 28 of the 51 points. So they were out there carrying the load, shouldering the load for this team because, you know, they, they they were really passionate about trying to win the game and they had some pride. Now, you look at the starting unit, like like you said, Ben Matherin, I think he had 11 points. Tyrese Halliburton had 15, so they had 26. Miles Turner had eight. Bruce Brown put up a goose egg. I, I will say this. Bruce Brown, throughout the first three preseason games, Still trying to get a feel for how that's going to work out. I, I, I'm i not saying that the fan game was a preseason game, but from seeing that game plus the two preseason games, it's still kind of interesting. I don't really know how it's going to play out. I think we just need a little bit more time with it before we get ourselves too upset with how it looks. But I would say right now, I mean, he just kind of like looks like he's going through the motions. It doesn't seem like he's really like all in, in my opinion, from what I've seen from Bruce Brown so far. But at the same time, he's mostly been a six man in his career. So I wonder if it is a little bit different being a starter, but I think that he has so much experience playing at a high level that I'm not worried about it. Fachi, but in the preseason game so far in the inner scrimmage squad or the inner uh, scrimmage game that they had not, not impressed with Bruce Brown yet so far. So uh, that's still a to be determined type of situation, but I thought the blue team was heavily led by the veterans. No, yeah, your point on Bruce Brown, it's tough because, yes, he is the highest paid, uh, you know, well, one of, yeah, actually, actually because of the Turner's deal, the, the way that it is, yeah. So, obviously, Turner made a lot of money last year when they, when they you know, re-signed him, but Bruce Brown, highest paid pacer. The expectations are now there. Yeah. It's now, like, not like, okay, well, he's just going to be, like, you know, a reserve for us or anything. No, we're looking for him to have a big impact, and a lot of his impact might not necessarily show up on a box score yeah. obviously we haven't really seen it through two and a half preseason games i guess we could call it but i look forward to see that impact when it matters most and you know that hasn't arrived yet obi yeah. Toppin is another one of those players obi halliburton I, I know there is some chemistry there obviously the, the playing time together has been limited thus far with halliburton not playing the first two games i mean you saw it i know obi had had a nice dunk uh Tell me, what did Obi look like with Halliburton? You were obviously in the building. You could definitely feel the excitement when they got on a fast break. Every single time there was a fast break opportunity and Obi was leaking out, it was like, oh, man, what's about to happen? Showtime's about to happen, right? He had a really nice emphatic dunk. I, I forget. I think it might have been Jairus Walker had entered into the game. I don't know if that was his guy to box out or not. I forget. But he was left completely wide open underneath the basket. And I think Matherin missed a three, but he was right there for a, a slam dunk rebound. So that was a really nice moment from him. The crowd got excited for that. The first plays, the first two plays offensively for the Pacers, the white team, excuse me, the Pacers, the white team, the starters, to 
it just feels weird calling them not the Pacers because they're both the Pacers. But yeah. it was Halliburton's team got uh, the first ball, the ball first at the, at the half, the second half. They got the ball first. And they go down, they're running a play, and it's not really working well, but they ended up finding Halliburton found Obi Toppin on an alley-oop layup. So it wasn't like a dunk, but he caught him on a lob, finished it with a layup in the air. So I guess you would still call that an alley-oop. I don't really know what the exact words or terminology is for that, so I just call it an alley-oop with a layup finish. Yeah. But the very next play, Miles Turner blocks Jalen Smith's three-point shot. Jalen took forever to let it go. It was like a slow release, and then Miles blocked it, kicked it out to Tyrese. Tyrese found Obi streaking, and Obi threw it down. Blue team called timeout, then they hit back-to-back threes to come back into the next part of the game. So I will just say this. I, I felt like there was one play when Tyrese was running a fast break with Aaron Neesmith kind of in the middle, trying to make Tyrese make a decision. And Aaron Neesmith played it perfectly. Like Ty was wanting to throw the lob to Obi. So Aaron kind of like baited Tyrese by thinking he was going to guard him. And then as soon as he threw the lob up to Obi, Aaron Neesmith went up there and grabbed it. So it was really cool to see Neesmith go out there and kind of know what they were trying to do and read it and, and just take care of it. So I'm not reading too much into a, a scrimmage game like this, but you could tell that the connection was there, like you said, with Tyrese, like just looking for Obi, which is a good thing. I think Obi ended up shooting three of five for the night. Didn't really touch the ball a lot. I, I think if I'm looking correctly, Halliburton had nine shot attempts, but he also had eight free throws. So he was kind of the dominant score. Mathern only had six shot attempts. So, Miles had five, Obi had five. So it's not like they took a lot of shots, uh, the whole team as like individually. But Obi, I thought he looked okay. Yeah, I mean, I think this is something where if you're we're not gonna go off of these numbers and say, hey, you know what? Oh man, we're in trouble. But <laughs> fan jam, you know, the, the reserves outplayed the starters. But I think that this was a fun time for the fans. Alex, was this your first fan jam? No, I've been to Fan Jam before. It was my first okay. time covering it, though. From from everything that I saw on Twitter, people felt that there was great attendance, a great vibe. I mean, tell me about from being there. I mean, did it feel that there was great energy around this team? Yeah, I will, I will say when I've gone to Fan Jams before, it's like they wear their practice jerseys. They come out there, they do a scrimmage, and there's no defense being played. And I think TJ McConnell said it best. It felt like an all-star game more than it did an actual scrimmage mm-hmm. game. I remember when I was a young kid, my parents took me to one of these, and it's when we had the finals team. And so it was the blue team versus the white team. I, it might have even been before we made it to the finals. I just remember, I think the blue team had like Antonio Davis. So it was probably like 98, 99. I was like six or seven. But it was the reserves, and I forget who coached them. It might have been Coach Carlisle at that time. But it was like Antonio Davis, Travis Best, Jalen Rose, like that group beat the starting team. And I thought, oh, man, the starters just got beat. You know, as a little kid, I was excited, you know. It was like, we're so good. We got a great team. And, I mean, I had a blast at it. And then, you know, as I got older, obviously, you don't get as as excited. But it's still really cool to be at these events. And I walked into the arena, man. It was a totally different feel. Now, for me specifically, this was like my first real media event for me to be at. Like, I've been at practice and I've been at media day. But, like, this was the first, like, live action at the field house that I've been to. So I was kind of like in over my head already, not really sure where to go, that kind of stuff. And I'm just kind of figuring things out. And they had us sitting somewhere where the media doesn't usually sit. And it was a lot closer to the court because it was a fan jam. So it was a really cool experience. I will say the crowd was incredible. There was even some people in the balcony for this, Fachi. Usually it's Ooh. just a lower level thing, but they had mid-level too. I want to say there was like a rough estimate of like eight to 9,000 fans there for this event. So... I, I think great show. I honestly think they probably could have given a lot more tickets out than they did 
and maybe next year that's something they do. But I thought it was really well uh, done. Had a lot of stuff going on where you can meet players, get wristbands, that kind of thing. But ultimately, I just remember, I think I told you guys about this on the podcast when you were on here last, when we had a guest on, about getting Paul George's autograph. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said it on the pod or if I said it off there, but we were talking. It might have been with Jeremiah Johnson and might have been off air. But I think it was off air. Yeah, so I got a Paul George autograph out of Fan Jam when, I, when he was still with the team, and it was the the picture, the poster of him dunking on Birdman. And you basically would just like line up somewhere and then they would send players out and you didn't know which table you were going to be lined up at with Fachi. Well, I did not get Paul George's table. I had the Monte Ellis table. So Ooh, big difference. I for, yeah, I forget who was all at that table, but Monte was like the big guy, like the starter for the team at that point. That was like the headliner for that group. And so I walked around with my poster and I sat and I found a, a two couples together in line up for Paul George's table. And I said, Hey, can you get this sign for me? And they're like, Yeah, sure, no problem. And as soon as I like went up to these people in line, the security guy was there, a seven foot guy. And he's like, where's your ticket? Cause you had to have tickets for each line you're at. I was like, Oh, sorry. I was just waiting for my friends. <laughs> Throw them in the post. Hey, seven yeah. footer. I mean, I, use some size. I, he was Those massive, massive bro. Uh, so anyway, ended up getting the autograph, got out of there, got out of there quick. And I, they did the autograph thing again. And people were able to come on the court, I think, and take a shot after the game. But no, it was a really cool event. I think that this was one of the better fan gyms that we had. And Rick Carlisle even said, like, the energy was through the roof. Uh, best fan jam crowd they've had, I think, of all time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Pacer fans. Alex Golden here. I wanted to let you know about my new blog, The Blue and Golden. If you enjoy reading articles about the Pacers, then subscribe to my Substack, which is 100% free. You can find the blog at The Blue and Golden 
www.substack.com or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast. If you enjoy what you're reading on the Blue and Golden, please share the blog with your family and friends. Thanks for your support of not only this podcast, but my written work that can only be found on theblueandgolden.substack.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty jealous. I was at a wedding and I was looking on Twitter and it just felt like all the familiar faces of Pacer Twitter were there. A lot of people came out to support. So seemed just like a great vibe. And I think there is that excitement around this team. Now, if the players can back it up and they can get some wins early on, I, I really feel like the fan base is going to be behind the team this year because there's just so much buzz around the team to be excited about. And there really aren't any of those dark clouds or knock on wood injuries going into the season. Just everything of the sort feels like, hey, look, this could be a really exciting season that could potentially end in the playoffs. We'll see. We got a long way to go. <laughs> but, you know, there was also some other fun. I mean, Alex, what was your thoughts on some of the rookies dancing, singing? I mean, who stood out to you most? Yeah, so Isaiah Wong was dressed up as Donald Duck, and he sang Return of the Mac. He had the worst performance singing and dancing-wise. Dancing-wise, he chickened out. I mean, Donald Duck, whatever you want to call it, but it was, <laughs> I mean, I was very let down in those, those moves. Yeah, I, I felt like Isaiah Wong was kind of a reserved guy, and so doing this, he was just like, oh, man, I yeah. hate doing this right now. Definitely. And uh, part of my dad jokes here, but I was really hoping he would re uh, sing Return of the Quack instead of Return of the Mac <laughs> since he was Donald Duck. But yep. he didn't even know the lyrics. And so it was kind of like him talking, trying to catch up. Now, Oscar Sheboy, he's saying, shut up and dance with me. And I tell you what, that was the worst thing I've ever heard. That's worse than when you were on this podcast singing Victor Oladipo's thingamajig stuff, right? You know? Oh, yeah. So it was one of those things where Oscar was like, could not hear the beat. Like he was like always like a second or two behind with what was going on, but he was at least trying his best. Now I will say Ben Shepard dresses Luigi with the mustache was a great costume for him specifically. I want to say they used Luigi not too long ago. So it felt a uh, little bit. Uh, Gogo was like Mario or Luigi. Oh, okay. One of the two. Yeah. They had somebody else. I think they did Mario and Luigi for one. So maybe it was an old costume that they reused, but didn't mind it for, for, for Ben. But then Jairus Walker comes out as Buddy the Elf. And that was great. Yeah. Um, he sang California Girls. And I and I won't lie. He had the crowd going. He was really hamming it up. He was loving it. He had some moves too. He did. And they also had some staffers come out and do some stuff that are like new with the team. And I, I'm going to forget their names. I apologize. But the best, I think, crowd reaction was they had a guy and a girl out there singing Breaking Free by Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical. And the entire fan base was going crazy. All the players on the team were singing. So you could really feel the energy in that one. But obviously didn't get the same reception as a Jairus Walker would popularity-wise. No. So Jairus won the popular vote by the fans and voting. But then... Buddy Hilt said, Miles, you got to do a dance-off, too. We can't just have a singing contest. We got to do a dance-off. So Buddy's like, all right, uh, you got to do this. And Miles like, okay, Buddy, we'll do it. He's like, Buddy, I want you guys to do a dance-off. So they're like, we'll give you like 15 seconds each. So Jairus had to go first, and they're doing like, teach me how to Dougie. And Jairus did okay. He was good. And then, man, Shep got out there, and Shep just went to town. Shepard was like, Ben Shepard yeah. was going crazy. Oscar did okay, but Isaiah Wong came out there, like pumped a fist and walked back off. <laughs> Off the court. Lame. I will say this. TJ McConnell said that there is no way he could have ever done this if he were a rookie. 
He said that he was so nervous and getting anxiety watching them have to do this. Oh my that God. was driving him crazy. So he's like, there's no way I could have ever done this. So I will say TJ McConnell dodged a bullet being a Miles Turner's rookie. <laughs> I, I think so. It's crazy because these guys can, you know, play play basketball in front of, you know, 15,000 plus people. But I mean, doing some dance moves, absolutely not. Yeah. So, and, and don't <laughs> even get me started on singing. I mean, I guess for some of them, they're like, my body's just not capable of, of really, uh, you know, belching out this song, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, look like look like everybody had fun. Um, but now as we turn back to basketball, I know we got a little bit of taste because he obviously played in this game, but Tyrese Halliburton back. Yeah. I missed him. I'm really excited to see him back with this group. Andrew Nemhart, really excited to see him back. Obviously, Miles Turner. You know, I feel like this team needs some time to gel together in these remaining two preseason games. Obviously, you don't want them to overdo it, but I feel like all of Pacer Nation probably feels a bit underwhelmed with what we've seen in the first two preseason games. Alex, what are you looking forward to most when Tyrese Halliburton returns? Yeah, I mean, seeing Tyrese out there yesterday was really good, but I would like to see them go up against a different team that maybe they haven't yes. been playing all week at practice, right? Just kind of get a feel for that. Maybe they'll treat it more like a real game. I felt like the the starters kind of came out a little bit lackadaisical. So uh, real quick, Andrew Nimhard will not be playing in the Monday night game where Carlisle did say that. He's still kind of getting things back up to where they need to be at for normal speed. So he will probably play Friday's preseason game against the Cavaliers. Tyrese did say he would be playing the final two preseason games at home. So it's good. I think just getting him more chemistry out there. I know it's preseason. They're not going to play a ton of minutes, but I think anytime we can see him get more minutes with Ben and Bruce is huge. We already know what him and miles can do. And we know what him and Ben can do, but I think they just need to continue to grow in that area. I, I think Ben's going to have to become a more capable shooter, which he showed, he's shown flashes of that. I think he shot pretty well, if I'm not mistaken, at the fan jam. I think he shot like two of four from three, uh, three of six from three. So, uh, no, I'm wrong. It was two of, it was two of four from three. Sorry. Shot two of four from three, which I thought that's pretty good for Matherin to, to be able to put up those stats. And so we just need him to be a more consistent shooter, but his shots looked a lot better. But I think Halliburton coming back, it's just going to set the tone and maybe we can get a better understanding of what this rotation might look like. Uh, with McConnell potentially running the second unit while Nimhard's out, that kind of thing. But just the chemistry for me is the biggest thing. They got to get better and more familiar with one another. Yeah, chemistry, no doubt about it. I, I want to see this team's identity. I want to see them out there playing fast. I want to see them out in transition. But also a certain for certain specific players, I want to see them unlock Obi Toppin because we talked about it earlier in the episode. We, we have been a little bit underwhelmed. I don't know what expectations are supposed to be in limited preseason games, but Obi is the player that I feel probably benefits most with Tyrese on the floor compared to without. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then obviously you mentioned about, you know, Matherin, Halliburton. We want to see them together. They only started roughly about 10 games yeah. uh, together last year. It was uh, Tony East had had an article out or a couple of weeks ago. He mentioned it's 841 minutes those two spent together. So I feel that on paper that might sound like a lot, but it's really not a lot in terms of the overall season. So I want to see those guys really um, playing side-by-side side together in the starting lineup. And then, obviously, Jarris Walker, Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, I want to see that duo together. Yeah. I feel like Walker, between summer league, preseason, it's not to say it drew the short end of the stick with the point guards he's been playing with, but we've seen him with, you know, point buddy or you know, Isaiah Wong or anything yeah. like that. I want to see him with Tyrese Halliburton because I think that that's going to give you know his him the best shot to really 
unleash his offensive game. So I think every player benefits from having Tyrese Halliburton back out there, but I also want to be able to stop saying, well, that, that's fine. What we're seeing out there isn't the actual lineup. You know, Halliburton's not yeah. out there. I want to be able to remove those excuses and say, all right, let's get a look at this team because the season is fastly approaching. That's a good point. I mean, I think that Tyrese is just the the glue that holds it all yes. together. We've talked engine. about that. Yeah, he's the engine of this car, and we need it to run. So if we're going to go anywhere. And I, and I think that Jairus Walker, it's an interesting spot that he's in because I was a little bit surprised he didn't get the start with the second unit. I thought he might get the nod over Shep. But at the same time, Tyrese talked about that Aaron Neesmith and Ben Shepard played the best on the on the road in the first two preseason games. So it looks like early on they are sticking true to their competition and they're rewarding guys that have earned those minutes. So Jeremiah Johnson said it best. You know, we can't predict what the lineup's going to be like after opening night. We don't really have a good feel for it. But in preseason, it's good to get that chemistry established. And you talk about Jairus Walker. I, I would love to see him with Tyrese, but I, I'm not worried about that as much. I would, I'm more so interested in how he fits with Miles. I want to see what those minutes will look like. I want to see more minutes of OB and Miles and how they connect with one another because that's a big thing. I think that OB is not he's not the shooter to me that Aaron Neesmith was. At least it doesn't feel like he's as big of a threat from outside. He's hit or miss. As a, as a three-point shooter, you feel like you're wanting the lobs more with OB Toppin. And Aaron Neesmith at least gives you a little bit more defensively, or I could say a lot more defensively than an Obi Toppin does. So it's just a weird dynamic. And I think right now it's everything so fresh and new. They're going to have good moments. They're going to have bad moments as they continue to grow and have growing pains. But ultimately it was good. I think yesterday to just kind of see Ben Matherin fully step into that secondary player for that starting lineup. It was Halliburton and Matherin that were carrying that team. So it's like, okay, Matherin had some foul trouble early on. He didn't get in foul trouble, but he had two fouls early. That's something to keep an eye on. Hopefully that doesn't happen in a real game, but you know, you have depth of that position, so it's not as big of a deal. I, I do agree with you, though, that just getting some kind of idea of what this is going to look like and maybe just seeing if these guys play better when they're playing in the actual game-like situations they're going to be in with the roster. Yeah, it, it almost feels like NFL preseason when they show you nothing. I mean, some of the <laughs> yeah. starters just aren't playing at all, and then you're, you don't really get a good feel of what to expect for the team. Like, I want to see something. And I think with an 82-game season, it's not like we're going to be like, okay, we cannot unveil this offense until game one. It's like, no, I want to see Halliburton out there. Nemhard, obviously, that's more important that he gets healthy and all that. But obviously, you know, Miles Turner, I want to see him out there. We've gotten this team some rest. That's great. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm so happy that this team is healthy going into the season. But, you know, obviously, from the first two preseason games, we're not – leaving those games overly confident there were there were two losses where the Pacers surrendered you know 120 plus points in both of them I don't think that you need to be too worried about defense in a preseason game but I, I would like to have at least one preseason game where you say okay you know what I could see some changes and so far we have not really been able to see that but I think that if you're looking for a glass half full we have seen players like an Aaron Neesmith step up we have seen a Ben Shepard step up. Jarris Walker has had his moments. So there have been some players that really have stepped up. And then for more of the starters, the guys that you should be more confident in, I would like to see a little bit more of a strong Obi Toppin performance or a strong Bruce Brown performance. Yeah. Anything of that sort would be very encouraging. Totally agree. I think that maybe getting back in the swing of things, 
it's kind of interesting how they made their schedule for the preseason. I, I think it was good to kind of get the two road games over early. Yeah. They played Sunday, Tuesday, and then they're back home Wednesday, and they don't play until that Wednesday night at home again. So they're home basically for two weeks, and that mm-hmm. gives them a, a good amount of time to get in there, get familiar with one another at the facilities, have their practices there, have their preseason games there, and, and then just get ready for that regular season that's going to happen on the 25th. So it feels really good to me that they're home. They're in their beds. They can really relax and push themselves maybe a little bit harder, have some harder practices, knowing they're not going to be traveling as much because – once the season starts, it's go time. And oh, yeah. that's the thing. Like you have a practice here and there, but they're not going like hard like they are in training camp. So this is a great opportunity for them to kind of solidify and, and work on some things that they really need to, you know, tighten up those loose ends because it feels like there's still some holes defensively and they got to figure out how they're going to be able to, you know, patch those and figure out the best way to do that. And so this is what preseason's about. And just give these fans uh, a little bit of a taste of what it's going to be like. You know, not everybody can make it to Fan Jam. It was limited tickets. But at the same time, we know that they were going to have a lot of tickets available for preseason action. And there's going to be fans that maybe weren't at Fan Jam that can see this team and get excited. And I think TJ McConnell said it best. You know, last year we were a team that won 35 games. And with the moves we've made and the guys we have coming back, I can see why the fan base is pretty excited about getting back out here. And I think Miles Turner said this is probably the most excited he's been for a season to start in a long time. So I think overall we're, we're going to, we're really set to have a good season and a good team this year. It's just going to have to come together. And I would just say patience is key because it's easy to overreact to preseason. Oh, it really is. I mean, the sky is not falling. I can promise you that. So <laughs> uh, we haven't even seen the best of this Pacers team. We haven't even seen the best in the preseason wise i think the first two games were you know they were like an appetizer it was like a, it was like a hey don't spoil your appetite Here, here's here's a little bit of bread at the table you know I, and now i'm waiting for that next real appetizer before we get to the entree aka the regular season yes i'm hungry i'm waiting for my own dinner so <laughs> yeah i got a lot of food analogies coming up but i'm just really excited for some, some more Pacer basketball, but a little bit with each more preseason game that goes on, it's a little bit more meaningful. And for that, hey, to be continued. Speaking of food analogies, I do want to give a little bit of an announcement here. Talked about it on Thursday, but in case you missed it, we are teaming up with Broad Ripple Bagel Deli. It's going to be an awesome partnership. We are going to have a sandwich that is debuting the week of the start of the season. So the last week of October... That sandwich is going to be on the main menu, and it'll be our the featured fan uh, sandwich of the week when you guys go in there. So I will give you more details on what that sandwich is, where you can check it all out. But I want to let you guys know, if you haven't heard of Broad Ripple Bagel Deli, make sure you guys are, are looking out for that and, and looking out for any of our promos there, because what's going to happen is I've created a sandwich, and I think it's going to be an awesome sandwich, and I'm going to tell you why, because it's got something to do with the podcast. So I'll spill those details as we get closer to it, and you guys are going to get free food by mentioning that you heard about their restaurant on Setting the Pace. So who can turn down free food? Fachi, I don't I can't. I, I know I can't either, especially if I'm going to get a bagel sandwich. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like a bagel sandwich? I love it, personally. Yeah. I, re- I really do. It's part of my uh, you know weekend routine. I like, like to treat myself on a, on a Saturday morning or anything like that. Hey, the weekend's here. Go out for some nice breakfast. Anyone who's a supporter of ours, we're a supporter of theirs. So yeah. I'm really excited about this partnership. 
Yeah, and I and I'll say the the cool thing about the Ripple Deli, like it's all bagel stuff. So it's like even if you don't even have a breakfast sandwich, which they really do have good breakfast sandwiches, ours is more of a lunch sandwich. So if you're looking for like a lunch sandwich to really kind of fill you up, this is going to be one that's going to hit the spot. I'm telling you, I'm just it's going to be more than one meat in the sandwich is all I'm going to say. Um, but with that being said, Fach, we do have some other news to talk about quickly here about the Indiana Pacers. Friday, Bennett Mathern, Isaiah Jackson, tell us what happened. They had their options picked up. Benedict Mathern had his third-year option picked up, and Isaiah Jackson had his fourth-year team option picked up. Uh, Benedict Mathern, an absolute no-brainer. Uh, you had to pick that option up. Isaiah Jackson, you expected to pick that option up because he's still so young, and the deadline for this was October 31st, so the Patriots did still have some time to do this, but no time to waste, no need to waste any time. I'm excited to know that both players will be under contract, you know, for, for an extra year. At yeah, least. You, you don't let a young talent like Isaiah Jackson no, just hit the open all. market without having any control. If it's there in your back pocket to be able to have control of maybe re-signing him to a good deal with a restricted free agent offer, or maybe you, you find a trade partner for him if it's not working out here. But at the same time, one thing you really have to think about here too, Fach, and we've talked about this a little bit, but not at length, Daniel Tice, he has a team option. They could not pick that up. Jalen Smith has a player option. He could not pick that up, which means the Pacers would only have one center if they didn't pick up Isaiah Jackson's option in Miles Turner. So it does give them a little bit of flexibility in terms of moving forward. It's not a ton of money. It's a decent amount of money. I forget what it's around, maybe like four to five, maybe six million. But for Isaiah, I think it's like 4.8, I believe. Okay. As I was say, I thought it was in like the four to six range. I couldn't remember, but still 4.8 million. That's not that much in today's NBA. It's an expiring contract at best. And it's a, got the restricted free agency abilities on yep. it that teams might covet. So yeah, we're not saying trade Isaiah. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying if he's a fourth man in the center rotation and you're thinking why they pick up this option, it's because it's a, it's a long-term move. And you talked about it recently. He's only 21 years old. So you don't let a young talent like that walk for nothing. No, you, you don't. It made a ton of sense. And I just feel like this is the biggest year of his career yet. You don't want to get in a position where the Pacers jump the gun. So I figured, hey, you know what? There's a lot that needs to be determined. We haven't even gotten to the regular season yet. What if Isaiah Jackson is to seize that backup center spot and be extremely vital? And just like you mentioned, with the options between a, you know a Daniel Tice and a, and a Jalen Smith, why bet? back yourself into a corner and say, oh, man, you know, we really limited ourselves. So mm -hmm. I'm excited about that, that these are both homegrown Pacers. They, they've developed these guys, and the development is long from done. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store for this next year. Absolutely, Pachi. Well, we've talked a lot today, especially me, about the fan jam and about the preseason. So I think we can wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow for a post-game podcast. Now, we don't know what time that'll be out, but – It'll be out sometime Monday night, early Tuesday morning. But we got Pacers basketball back, so I'm uh, I'm excited, Fachi, to see this team in front of their home crowd for the first time in a real preseason game. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a, a rowdy crowd because, look, just it, it's a game. You know, fan jam, fun, but this is a game and, and against an opposing <laughs> team. And for that, I'm really excited. But, Alex, I'm ready to wrap if you are. You want to give me the old setup? Yeah, so speaking of wraps, we've talked about wraps before. I'm just going to yeah. tell you, if you are oh, – I forgot to mention this about the deli stuff. They do have gluten-free options. So if there's some hey. reason you can't have a bagel, they have wraps available. 
to make it a wrap for you instead of a bagel. So it's also a healthier option too, probably. So it is to say that. But with that being said, Fachi, let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at Pacers Pod STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Pod STP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast where you can find all of our video content. And if you're interested in any of my written work, you can find that at the blueandgolden.substack.com, which will be in the link in the description. If you'd like to subscribe to that for absolutely free of charge, no charge to read my writings. Um, I, I barely can talk sometimes without making grammatical errors. So just imagine how my writing is. I'm getting better. It's, it's working. It's a work in progress, right? So, uh, just follow me along there for some stuff. And as I'm going to be around the team a little bit more, maybe I have a little bit of a better feel, but thought you, I would just say this buddy Hill brings a different excitement to this team when you're closer to them. I, I think that you can really feel that energy that this team needs. And I think they would desperately miss if buddy Hill was not a part of this team moving forward. Now that doesn't mean that they shouldn't trade him if that's not the right thing, but I will just say this. He brought a, an energy and a life to this game that I think would have been missed if he weren't there. So Great locker room guy and a great energy guy for this team. So love Buddy Hield and uh, don't want to be so dismissive, maybe as we have been talking about trading him. But Fachi, if you're excited to see Buddy Hield back in action against the Atlanta Hawks Monday night for some preseason action, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.